Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another handsome episode of Made Man, your favorite Mad Men podcast where, ladies and gentlemen, I just finished watching Season 4, Episode 5, The Chrysanthemum and the Sword. Notice how I slowed down when I said Chrysanthemum, because I did not want to screw up saying Chrysanthemum. I will probably screw it up some more. The Chrysanthemum and the Sword um, is a book title, uh, I believe, that has to do with the maybe it has to do with World War Two or it has to do with Japanese culture. I'm not sure, but it is related to the um, kind of the overall theme or the overall storyline of this episode. Um, there is a new client possible, um, but not everybody at Sterling Cooper, uh, Draper Price is really happy about it. And, uh, Don spent a little extra time with his children. Well, a little extra time, as little as possible, it seems like. Um, and we got a little extra time with Sally Draper and it was quite uncomfortable. So why don't we just go through everything. Let's get uh, the Sally Draper stuff out of the way now. And I still hate you, Betty Draper, whatever you Betty Francis, whatever your name is. I know who you are. Um, I want to say the episode started with uh, Don's kids, but I don't think it did. I literally just watched this episode, so I'm already forgetful. I mean, there has to be something wrong with me where I watch an episode and I literally forget how it started. I think it started in the office. It had to have started in the office. But let's let's go to uh, Don's home life. Don um, had Betty, had Bobby and Sally Draper over. Um, he doesn't ever see, seem to seem to see his little baby son, Gene. Now that, that kid just stays home. He's getting bigger. But he had Bobby and Sally over um, for the weekend. Because that's what divorced dads do. They have the kids over at their apartments for the weekend. And he goes out. He literally says, I got my kids here. And now I'm, I don't see them that much. And now I'm going to go out on a date with uh, the girl from uh, Pitch Perfect. The girl he dated before. They went to Benihana's. Um, which is a Japanese steakhouse. Um, that is still around today. And... Um, Oh, see, I'm, I can't really get there. You know what? Yeah, I'll keep going. I'll be going. So he, he goes to Benny Hobbs. We'll get there later. But while he is there, the neighbor, uh, the nurse, the young woman that I thought was going to be a conquest of Don Draper, uh, she was babysitting the kids. And she's watching TV with Bobby while Sally goes to the bathroom, comes out, and her hair is cut. Now, Sally was not happy that this girl was um, there. She did not like her dad going out on a date. She was not happy about that. And she acted out by cutting her hair. She then, the, so the, the babysitter is like freaking out. Um, she tried to clean it up, but really didn't do much of a job. Sally asked the babysitter if her and her dad are do it. And Sally's like, what are you talking about? She says, I know the man pees inside the woman. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, uh, that's right, Sally. You're so advanced. That's exactly what happens. Um, 
And Don comes home later, and he gets pissed at the babysitter. It's like, I'm sorry, this this kid is, can go to the bathroom by herself. Um, I guess you should have wondering what she was doing in there all this time. And so he's like, I'm going to get shit from her mother. Um, and he gets mad at her. He gives her money. She's like, no, no, I can't accept. He's like, consider it severance, meaning you're not babysitting my kids anymore. So he brings um, the kids home. And, of course, you know, Betty's hanging out with Henry Francis. And I'm trying to turn the volume up here. And there's little baby Jean. Uh, and the kids show up. And she has a hat on. And Betty just looks at her like, take your, take your hat off. Takes it off, sees the hair. And immediately she slaps her across the face. And I just realized how effing much I still and forever will hate Betty, Draper, Francis, whatever the hell your name is. I hate you. So as much as Don was a terrible husband to you, I don't want you to be happy. That's mean, but it's true. I even feel like Henry Francis is like, whoa, you are nuts. And as much as I'm attracted to you and find you very fascinating, oh, maybe I should talk like the way he talks, uh, Betty, as much as I um, I think I am, you know, very uh, sexually attracted to you. You're also uh, a bit crazy. Um, when he slapped her, you could see the look on his face, like, "Whoa!" Don got mad at Betty, um, and really, they just kind of yelled at each other. And she's like, "Blah blah 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 blah." Uh, she's embarrassed about the whole thing, uh, and or she was pissed about the whole thing, and um, said she's not going to her sleepover. And then Don leaves, and Henry's like, "Listen." Girls like this act out sometimes when their parents get divorced. I think what you should do is you should go upstairs and tell her you're going to take her to the beauty salon and then tell her she can go on her sleepover. And she's like, oh, reward her? He goes, exactly. You give her what she wants because when I divorced my ex-wife, I pretty much gave my daughter everything she wanted at all times because I'm sure that was the right thing to do. He didn't say that, but that's what I'm thinking. Um... So she goes on her sleepover. Let's just stay with this part of the storyline. She goes to her sleepover. And this is when I'm watching a show and going, I am extremely uncomfortable. So she, her friend's asleep. She's watching some young actors on the screen. And all of a sudden she starts hiking up her skirt. I'm like, how old is this effing actress? I don't, what is, what is this? And they don't show, you know, like they, they, all they show is her face and they show her kind of bite her lip. And the the mother of the friend walks in, freaks out. She's like, "I'm not doing anything." They drive her home all the way back to the to her house. The sleepover was canceled, and then she tells Betty that she was playing with herself. And nobody, we don't do this in this house. And Betty was mortified. Betty was embarrassed. She apologizes. She, you know, um, she goes upstairs. She yells at her. Oh, excuse me. It's it's late. It's late. I'm tired. I waited. I had the day off today. And I waited till 9.15 to start watching the show tonight. I, I apologize. It's my own fault. Um, but she, she's like, I didn't do anything. And she's like, you don't do that in public or in private. <coughs> Excuse me. And she's like, if you, she goes, you don't lie to me. I'll cut your fingers off. Betty is a crazy person. I've been saying it for months now. And I will stick with that. Um, it's all about her. She calls Don. Well, 
Um, Henry says how he thinks it might be a good idea for her to see someone. Um, and Betty gets all up, doesn't really, isn't really into it. And, and she does reveal that she saw a psychiatrist and thought it was a joke. And well, it's because her psychiatrist was calling Don Draper. Um, but Henry was saying that his daughter saw one and it was very helpful. Uh, so she talked, or he must obviously talked Betty into doing it because Betty calls Don while Don was busy reading that book, the chrysanthemum and the sword. He was doing that for work and we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but I want to get this out of the way. He, she calls Don and Don's like, what's going on? And she goes, I, we think she needs to see a psychiatrist. He's like for cutting her hair. He goes, no, there's something else. He's like, what was it? She was masturbating. He's like, what? Uh, she was doing it in her friend's house. Was it a boy or a girl? What's the difference? Um, she, she, obviously she's mortified. Don was like, you know, doesn't think she should see a psychiatrist for it. Um, but, uh, he seems to just be kind of angry and she blames Don. Like, um, you know, you can't blame her for the life you have, you know, the way she, things are with your having all these women there. It's like, what are you talking about? Cause you brought another man into our house, into your bed. She says, that's my husband. He's like, how many women have you had? And they're just arguing. arguing. And she's like, they want the psychiatrist wants to meet both of us, so I'm just letting you know that goodbye. Um, Don actually ends up talking to the you know the woman who is like kind of the the researcher, the one who does studies for them. the The actress is the mom on on Stranger Things. Talks to her for a bit um, about going to psychiatrists and and all. Well, she finds out that she's not married. She just wears the wedding ring kind of to avoid men and talked a little bit about his kids and how he doesn't see them enough, but when he drops them off, he's, re- he's relieved and, um, he, he's, you could see there's guilt there, but Don's also pretty selfish. Remember he wanted to leave with, um, was it Rachel from the first se- first season? He was like, let's just go. Let's just leave. Let's just go and start a new life. He would leave his kids behind. That's how much he wanted to get away. Um, but at the same time, he does love his kids. So it's a weird thing. Like his brain goes here and there everywhere. But, uh, he explained to her about the psychiatry and she seemed to, um, say like, you know, as long as she knows you love her, I think, you know, she'll, no matter what happens, she'll end up being okay. But she does end up going to this, this psychiatrist, this Dr. Edna. But before Dr. Edna wants to meet Sally, she gets to meet giant Sally, also known as Betty. Uh, same kind of emotional maturity between the two of them. She talks to Betty a little bit, and I feel like Dr. Edna was like, ooh, this Betty is uh, she's a little kook bird herself. She kind of made it all about herself, how you know she she touched herself in front of someone, and this woman's going to make you know talk all about it and how it affects me. And it was really, and, and she was telling a story about how her brother had a, had a nudist book and her mother nailed it to the door and how like the mother, um, just, the, just Betty having her own mother troubles <clears throat> when she was talking about, she was talking to Don about the hair. Don, she was like, I, I, all I wanted was long hair. My mother used to threaten to cut my hair. So you see that Betty had a crazy mother herself and now she can be a crazy mother to Sally. It's the circle of life. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but this woman was like, I think you should see someone too. And Sally's like, oh, no, no. And Betty's like, no, 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 I don't need that. 
Um, because she could see her talking about her mom, and this woman was like, Ew, this is a little weird. Um, so she's like, well, I think we should see Sally four, four days a week. And I think you should come in once a month so we can go over Sally. But I almost felt like the doctor was saying, why don't you come in once a month so I can check on you because you're a crazy person also. Um, and I don't mean crazy person as in mental health. I mean, you know, like she's a selfish sociopathic child um, who only cares about herself. And this woman wants to study her because it's fascinating. And she's like, will you tell me what Sally said? She goes, no, I can't do that. And that goes both ways. And so Betty was like, oh, so I can talk without being having worrying about anyone else hearing it. I think like even Betty wants it without admitting she wants it. Um, and, you know, Betty's really concerned about this. But who's the person who brings Sally to her first appointment? It's Carla. It's Carla, the nanny, the housekeeper. She's the one who brings them <clears throat> because Betty couldn't even be bothered to be there. And that's how the episode ended um, with Sally going into the psychiatrist's office. I don't know how long this is going to happen. I don't know how much I cared about this part of the storyline. Um, I like Don. I love Don. Uh, the kids, the Draper lifestyle. I almost feel like we don't need to see Betty anymore. I kind of feel that way. and I just want to stay with the people at work. Um, but I wanted to talk about this and spend, you know, a good 10 minutes just kind of getting through that part of the episode because it did happen and I'm sure things are going to be coming from this. So you can't ignore it. But let's go. That's me rewinding things. Rewind all the way back to what was actually the biggest part of the show, and that was business. That was advertising talk. That was shop talk. This is the stuff that I love. So Don um, got a phone call in his office. It was actually pretty funny. There was, there was some humor in this episode with his um, secretary, who I can't remember the name of. But I looked it up, and I thought, is this Ellen Travolta? It's not Ellen Travolta, but it's a woman who I reminded me always reminded me of Ellen Travolta, and that is Daniel LaRusse's mother from Karate Kid. So I thought that was really cool to see. But Don gets a um, phone call early in the episode in his office from someone at the New York Times. And this reporter was looking for a comment because another guy from another um, uh, place said that, you know, they are, they are cutting edge and they're leaving Don Draper. They're, they're picking up all these clients that Don Draper isn't uh, getting. So this guy works in the advertising area of um, um, the guy who called is in the advertising area of New York Times. He wanted a quote because a guy at another firm was kind of calling out Don Draper and calling out Sterling Draper, Sterling Draper, Sterling Cooper, Draper Price, uh, because they were getting all their clients. And Don's like, oh, I usually don't, <laughs> usually don't follow what goes on to clients once we get rid of them. Um, but he also said, I've never heard of this guy. And obviously that's, that was not true. Uh, he actually, this guy he ran into at, um, the Benihana restaurant. And it was there that they found out that they were both going for the same client because this guy was talking and talking to Don and kind of rubbing it in that, Hey, yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're up and coming and we're going to be up with you pretty soon because we're, we're going for the same client. You are, who is that client? It's Honda motorcycles. Pete is bringing in possibly Honda motorcycles. They're not happy with their current business. 
they only have 50% of the market. They want more. And um, I think it was, yeah, Honda uh, that wanted that. And the thing is, Honda is a Japanese company. It's the 1960s, and it's only been 20 years since the end of World War II. Well, Roger Sterling hears this, and he pretty much flips out. He does not want to work with Japanese. He lot of, he lost a lot of good people in a lot of friends in the war, and he did not uh, want to deal with them. Did not want to um, ever work with them. He didn't trust them or anything like that. And uh, it doesn't matter. They they were like, we're still definitely doing this meeting. When Roger left, he's like, we're not doing this. And the, Cooper's like, you know. Don't don't listen to him. Just keep Roger away from it. We're still doing this. They end up bringing Honda in for a meeting, and things are going pretty well. Um, and Honda has this thing. This what they want to do. They have they want presentations from each and every uh, group that they're going for. I think there were three of them in total. And he get, they give each of them three thousand dollars to to create this presentation. Oh my goodness! It's so. It's late and tiring. Um, they give them three thousand dollars to create this presentation, and um, you know they have they they have to kind of just not finished work, but give them what they have. Um, and Roger comes into the office, sees the meeting is happening, comes in and basically hijacks the meeting. You now, most of the, there's three guys there. Two of them speak Japanese. One of them is the translator. And Roger's just a complete jackass saying very, you know, offensive things to them, uh, very mean things. And only one of them understands them. But you can pretty much tell from the jo- the body. Language. I mean, he used the word Jap that he t- used that term. So I'm sure, uh, you know, that they, they understood that. I mean, geez, uh, that was uh, pretty, pretty offensive. Um, even me saying that felt weird. I, I don't like saying that. So uh, um, but he pretty much made it I'm not going to say difficult but pretty close to difficult and uh, he storms off and they leave and they try to make peace before leaving you know Don goes into Roger's office and be like what the hell are you doing and he's like I lost lost a lot of good men and then Pete comes in barges in and starts yelling at him and is like you know you don't want us to make to bring in you don't want us to bring in clients. You don't want us to bring in money because every time we bring in another client, that means one less dollar has to has to come from Lucky Strike. And that means that Lucky Strike, we less dependent on Lucky Strike and we're less dependent on you. And Roger like throws down his drink and tries to charge at him. And Don gets between them, gets Pete out of the room, and he looks at Roger and goes, he's right. And he is right because Roger is hijacking things, uh, being very personal. He brings, he talks to... Um, he talks to Joan about she. She's like, you know, he's like, you know, I, I knew this guy that was on the, this battleship, and he was a poet. And she's like, I don't want to hear it. He's like, you know, these, you know, when when did um, oh, what was it? When did uh, forgiveness trump loyalty? Meaning, like, how? Why should he forgive this? And she's like, you know, my husband could be going off to war soon. He's like, great. And what would happen if your husband came back and and his friend went to a Vietnamese doctor? How would you feel then? Uh, or Pete went to a Vietnamese doctor, something like that, and you know Joan didn't even didn't even respond with that one, but she was like, you know, um, it it was twenty years ago, you you went to war, you won, 
You wanted to make the world a better place. You did that. He's like, did we? She goes, I'd like to, I have to think so. She has to think so because there's a good chance her, her husband's going off to Vietnam. Um, so they're thinking, you know, this is what I thought. This was kind of the cool part. I love schemes. I love when, when businesses have schemes or criminal organizations have schemes and plans that have to be done. And uh, this is where they came up with an idea. They only have $3,000 to do something. Um, they, um, they, they thinking about, you know, shooting a commercial, but you can't afford a commercial for $3,000. You just can't do it. So he's like, we don't. And then Don had the idea of, we don't have to shoot a commercial. We just have to make sure that our competitors think we're shooting a commercial so that they will then try to shoot a commercial because the hunter did not want to finish product. They just wanted a presentation um, and they thought it would be dishonorable. Um, so Don went through this whole, they went through this whole rigmarole. That's still a word. I love it. Uh, where they brought in a, the director who works for the other firm and tried to book him, but they can't And they, they even gave him storyboards, everything. And, and that didn't work. Then they, um, they had Don accidentally, you know, knock on the door, just happened to go by with a Honda motorcycle. Then they showed them at a studio. It was Peggy and um, that other guy there. I don't think it was P. I think it was the guy that she works with in creative. And um, they were bringing the studio, the motorcycle into the studio, and the other guys are trying to get in. He's like, whoa, 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 this is a closed set. And Peggy's just in there, not filming anything, just driving around for a little while, just so they hear what's going on. So then they thought, there's a commercial being shot, so we have to shoot a commercial. So they go ahead, they shoot a commercial, they go they go to the presentation, and Don goes by himself, and the guy comes out, and he's like, oh, this presentation went great, all these different things I, sh you know, I showed them, it was awesome. And Don went in and goes, you know, and she goes, we, they're like, where's everybody else? Don goes, they're not coming. He goes, in fact, um, we are resigning from our thing. You know, you said you didn't want to finish product, and I feel like you're not playing by your own rules. Um, so he writes them a check back for $3,000. These guys seem to value honor. And Don tricked them into, tricked another, another firm into doing something that was against the rules that then... If they allow that, it would be dishonorable. So he tried to be honorable and say, here's your money back. We, you know, thank you for your time. And lo and behold, that worked. Now, they, turns out that Honda was never leaving their clients, their motorcycle, for the, the, you know, the advertising agency for the motorcycle. But they, they're starting to get into cars and they are, and it looks like um, they're going to get the, they're going to get the work for the cars now their cars seem to suck. Now they are. They said they're basically motorcycles with doors, um, but the, you know they 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 look nice. They have windows, so you can look out before you crash. I don't know something like that. Um, but that was pretty much. I feel like am I? Um, am I leaving anything out? I mean, there's little details I'm leaving out, like um, the guy at the other firm sent them Japanese sake to rub it in that he was going to get the Honda job. That was the, um, the sake Don actually opened and drank with that um, woman while he was talking about his kids. Uh, I mean, that's, that's it. I think, oh, Roger apologized. Um, 
and uh, Pete's like Pete actually stood up for him, which was stood up to him, which I thought was pretty ballsy. But also, he has to. This is it was unprofessional of Roger, and he apologized for that and realized, and he will never get in the way of a client again. Um, it was funny when, oh, excuse me, when he left. Pete was like, oh, his wife has been really ill and he's been drinking a lot. Just trying to make excuses anything. But Pete was pissed. He's like, I'm have, I have a kid that's coming along the way. I, you know, we need all the money we can get. Um, and I think that covers it. I'm sure I left some things out. But really, it was a lot of, you know, Roger really having a conflict of interest with his client. Um Trying to see, trying to get people to see his way, and no one really did. Everyone else was ready to move on, and I think it's hard for him to move on. Um, and Don having issues with his kids. Bobby seems to be doing fine, but Sally, she's coming of age, um, which is which is a terrific song by the rock band Damn Yankees. If you have a chance to look that up, um, but she seems to be growing up. She wants to look older. She wants her hair to look be cut. More like this, the neighbor, so she looked older, so maybe her dad would pay a little more attention to her um, and think of her as more mature. Uh, but she's getting more mature because um, anybody else when I'm at a party, I sleep over, I touch myself, I touch myself. That was uh, the, Rem- the Rembrandts? That wasn't the Rembrandts. I forget what they were called. Um, that was a catchy song. But... Uh, don't let Betty Draper hear you singing that song because she will threaten to cut off your fingers and she will slap you in the face. Uh, and then she will talk about herself when she is going to a client, going to talk about, going to her daughter's secretary. She basically talks about herself and everything that she has to go through because Betty is selfish. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I've covered everything. I really, really do. Really do. Really, really big. Really big. Really big. All right, all right, all right. That went. That was me going um, from the, uh, you know, what's his name? Well, they, the Beatles were on the, the, that show. I can't even think of it. Right into my a terrible Matthew Mahonakay, which I can't even say his last name right now. I'm tired, ladies and gentlemen. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. But you know what I'm not tired of? I'm not tired of you. And I'm not tired of Mad Men. This was a great episode, um, and it shows... Uh, a lot of anytime there's office stuff, I love it. Um, again, I can also I can pretty much do without any of the the Draper family household stuff now. I gotta have it because I gotta see what happens with the, the evolution or devolution of Don Draper. But you know, I care more about the people at work. I do, I do, I do. Oh, also that other firm, they're like bring in the guy who worked for Draper, and it was that young fella. I'll never remember his name. But he was, there was, there were the two guys who worked together. It was the French guy who was like, I am a homosexual. And this guy worked with him. It was his little, I call him like his little buddy. He now works at this new firm. He talked about Don being a genius. And the guy, this guy got pissed off. He's like, you ever talk about me like that? Um, But I think that covers it. Yeah. I feel bad for Henry Francis. He got the wife he wanted, but is that the wife he really wants? I don't know. Um, I feel bad for Don Draper. Not really. I don't know. But uh, I feel bad for Roger. He was in a weird... I, I, you you can't um, underestimate or undervalue what he went through 
as a character. I mean, come on, it's not real. Um, but what guys like that went through and then having to see a short while later all these products and services and companies thriving, you know, after two decades earlier, people killing each other and we dropping bombs. I mean, that has got to be a mind trip for this guy. Um, but I think that's it. I think I'm ready to stop talking about it. The, and the quicker I get done talking about it, the quicker I get it up to you, the great listener. Or you know what? Listeners, because there's more than one of you. There has to be. I know there is. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. Even though you're probably listening on Saturday, I put it out on Happy Friday. I just wrote that song. Isn't that cool? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike. You can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod, and the website is fansnotexperts.com slash MadeMan. If this is the first time you're ever hearing us, we are available on every single podcasting service you could think of. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're probably on more services than we are people listening to them, but that's okay. I don't care. This is fun doing it, and I'm doing it for you, the listener, the coolest, smartest, happiest people on earth. Ladies and gentlemen, I also do another podcast I'd like to tell you about right now. I'm going to do a cheap plug for Geek Mentality. Uh, my sixth annual movie month will be coming on June 1st, so if you search us on iTunes or, or wherever you get your podcast, Geek Mentality, you can find us, and hopefully you can... Subscribe, at least for June, where I do 30 movies, 30 podcasts in 30 days. It's really exciting, and it's the one project that I've stuck to for five going on, six years, that uh, really helps me catch up on movies. I can't wait to uh, get to do that, but don't worry. Every Friday in June, you'll still be hearing from your favorite Mad Men podcast. And I want to thank you. And although, there goes my voice right into Movie Studio Announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for allowing me to go on this journey. And I thank you for coming on this journey with me as I venture to explore the world and thrive to achieve the level and status of Made Man. Fans not experts.